Standby for Titanfall. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going today, Dave? I was gonna possibly correct you on the tonight thing. Mm-hmm. Um, things are going all right. Having a bit of a lazy Saturday here. I mean, mm-hmm. Thursday. Yeah. Fine, <laughs> Thursday <now>. morning. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday Middle of the workday. Two p.m. Uh, nobody yeah. knows. Um, but yeah, uh, things are going. All right, pretty laid back. How about yourself? It's it's pretty nice. Uh, I'm always. I I think it's maybe a mark that I'm a lazy person, but I enjoy when I can sleep in and just like sleep until I just naturally wake up <laughs> instead of as opposed to an alarm clock. Well, I mean, how much sleep do you actually need? I think I prefer if I if I'm just gonna like be tired, go to bed, and wake up. I'll probably sleep like nine hours, but obviously I never sleep that long during the week. I usually get like six and a half. Um, so that's probably why I sleep so much on the weekends. Actually, Friday's just like finally <laughs> rest. Yeah, I I do feel some of that. I'm probably averaging like seven ish. Mm-hmm. I probably could do eight, but that means that I have to go to bed before midnight, and I. Why? Why would I do yeah. that? I can't. I can't go to bed before midnight. I'll just wake up at like five a.m. It doesn't even matter how much sleep I've gotten <laughs> at that point. Um, I, I slept in until like nine thirty today. That's because I mm-hmm. stayed up till like one a.m. But then I like check my phone. I'm like, eh. but then I felt bad that I woke up at nine thirty because I'm like, well, this is gonna offset your lunch time and you have to <laughs> I'm like, it's the weekend. Nobody gives a shit. Right. What did the voice in the mirror say back to you? <laughs> that... It said, order Grubhub. <laughs> I was like, I will probably do that later. You're like, hmm, yeah. I think the eight hours thing, it might be... So, I'm not a sleep doctor. Full disclosure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't feel like... I feel like eight hours seems pretty arbitrary because the... Um, although everyone says eight hours, like sleep cycles... My understanding is sleep cycles occur in an hour and a half, like blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if you're going to use like Sleepy Time or whatever website to like tell you when to wake up based off of sleep cycles, so you won't be disoriented, it won't put you at eight hours ever because it's not in a hour and a half block. Like, so like nine is, uh, three is, <laughs> four and a half is, <laughs> six is. But um, seven and a half if we're hitting all the multiples mm-hmm, of all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then eight's not. And I've kind of I've always had that, too. Like, I'm never like Whew, a solid eight hours on the dot of sleep. I'm perfectly rested and ready to start my day. Nah, I think for a while I was doing six and a half or seven back mm-hmm. when we worked together. And right. that was like my, part of my cycle. It was just yeah. fine. Uh, slept to this amount and had like a solid bedtime, got up, got ready for work, dicked around a little bit, did work stuff, came home, mm-hmm. exercised, showered, cooked food, 
and then stay up till the set bedtime and then it repeated. And that right. was a good system yeah. for a bit. My body yeah. seemed regulated, I guess, almost. Yeah. I, I It's different. There's like, there's different, it's different sleeping on weekend compared to the week. Like I have some passive tiredness during the week, obviously, because I'm not getting enough sleep, yeah. but I'm used to operating under that amount of sleep. Like, I don't know. I'm sure that it's not the best approach, eh, but you know. The whole reason I asked in the first place is because I know when you got up, mm-hmm. which means you probably stayed up pretty late for needing yep. that amount of hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like 6 a.m. or something. <laughs> Dude, if the sun's coming up, I, it's, I mean, I did that maybe four or five years back where I could pull it off. Mm-hmm. But now I just either like grumpily just kind of keep staying awake at that point. Cause I have fears of like fucking up my sleep cycle. Oh yeah. I have real, I had fears of messing up my sleep cycle and then I realized the fears and then I embodied the fears. And now I am the fear. <laughs> no, um, I try to normalize a little bit more on Sunday and advance for the week. Uh, but yeah, it but sucks to is the free day. I have to get up when oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew this was coming. Yeah. No, it's um it's 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 definitely something. I find that I can't I can't like completely deprive myself like I used to in college though. I have got like I'm gonna call it like old man uh like grumpiness if I'm just completely deprived of sleep. I can't do it like I could when I was younger. Um well, you don't have as much bounce back energy for sure. Yeah. And also, mm-hmm. I know you weren't the type and aren't the type, but back in the day where we used to like stay up late and drink, mm-hmm. uh, your body's like, I need to detox and rest and stuff. We're just like, nah, we'll get up, you know, early <laughs> and then go to like a diner and like drink again. And it was just like a, a terrible fucking cycle. But you were young enough where your body's like, I don't know, it's. I mean, we'll deal with it later, but uh, no, right now it's fine. Yeah. Like, cool. Yeah, staying up late and waking up for classes is... I don't think I would approach this the same way now that I'm a few years older. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy stuff, though. Um, so anyways, Titanfall 2 uh, is a video game. Uh, sometimes we talk about games. It's not the main focus of the podcast, obviously. <laughs> it's really just for Jake and I to talk, and he's like, "I'll only talk to you if we record it." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> right." Otherwise, we're wasting content, which is up there on our tablet of <laughs> unforgivable sins. <laughs> Oddly enough, like like we said, this episode isn't. None of these episodes have been scripted for a long time, but they mm-hmm. kind of are in the sense of we're just rereading the Discord logs. Even right. this this message right now to you, this mm-hmm. awkwardly worded thing, is all typed in Discord. And I'm reading yeah. it in real time. It makes it much easier to plan our responses uh, when we've already written out our responses. Like we get the people may have noticed, you know, compared to our early episodes, our timing is usually a little bit better as far as like responding to each other. It's because we're just reading from a script. This is all scripted. Yes, this is all scripted. <laughs> <laughs> um, I try to get in a good pause there. <laughs> There's in brackets reaffirm it scripted. <laughs> I, I, I want to be. I think it'd be great if, um, like, let's say I said something heinous to you in Discord, 
And then you mm-hmm. had like a what? I can't believe you would say that. But I went back and edited it. So I'm oh, like, yeah. I think puppies are really cute and adorable. And you're mm-hmm. like, what? How could you say that? <laughs> that would be hilarious. That's kind you of the uh, everything before we record. There was a. So Facebook's dumb, right? Yeah. Um, thanks for people who follow us on Facebook. Um, but it's it's really dumb. And I, I know that like forever they've had the ability to delete comments off of your own posts. But then people talk about really controversial yeah. topics sometimes. And it's just like, oh, if there's like a back and forth, someone could legitimately do that. Just delete all, all of their own comments. Or a friend could delete their comments if they're the owner of the post. Um, and kind of just leave this one-sided schizophrenic <laughs> like conversation. Um, I mean, you can only do that so many times, I guess, before people would catch on. But I have no point to this. It's just an observation. Speaking of observation, I observed yeah. that the topic of today's episode is Titan Ball 2. It seems to be. Um, so this is a... Uh, excuse me. Uh, public, uh, developed by Respawn, which are like uh, owned by EA, published by EA, came out in 2016, which is a year. Um, <laughs> not as bad as this year, though. <laughs> so that's something. Yeah. Um, it's weird when you can say that the current year is worse than EA. Yeah. Um, but it first is person a, shooter, yeah, sci-fi, FIPS. Some sort of FIPS, uh, sci-fi, first-person shooter, single-player campaign, multiplayer co-op uh, options. Sort of, um, uh, I would I would say that it's probably the spiritual successor to Titanfall One. Having not played Titanfall One, I can't really <laughs> confirm or deny, but uh, I'll trust you on this. <laughs> as it's uh, as as it is the sequel. Um, this is something that I got to very late in that within like the last couple weeks, I finally got around to playing some. Is, is this something that you got for me on Origin? I probably did at one point. I can't remember exactly. Did you have it on Origin or on Steam? It was on Steam, but you still have to launch through Origin because yes. EA sucks a huge pile of dicks. <laughs> it's kind of their, their DRM thing. Uh, I mean, obviously, I dislike Origin as well for similar reasons. It's for for the listeners who may have used it in the past, it seems a little less bad now because Origin closes as soon as you close Titanfall 2 if you launch it through Steam, um, which is nice. But yeah, I mean, it is still just another layer of DRM and game management. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, but as far as like a game, um, a focus game, I mm. did enjoy a lot of playing it and the actual gunplay mechanics within it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. for possibly how late I joined in uh, and the experiences that I had not coming in fresh with like multiplayer and everything, mm-hmm. it felt overall underwhelming because everyone was like talking mad shit about Titanfall 2. <laughs> Yo, dude, it's got the best campaign ever for an FPS, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it felt very trite and very triple A. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of good points to it as well. But there was definitely a disparity between what everyone was hyping about recommending versus my personal experience. Yeah, I would like to actually just take a side 
a side tangent off of that then because right, let's let's go off recording so, what's up the- <laughs> yeah right <laughs> all right let's let's pause the recording all right recording's paused um uh i i actually get that entirely um like i probably was completely guilty of being one of the people to overhype this or to hype this um but i wonder if there's few things as destructive to a game as hype um and this obviously isn't like the making of games hype episode but as an aside i feel like this would be the type of game to enjoy more if you came into it with a neutral perspective as opposed to being like once i play this fps no other fps is going to do it for me right like um I've definitely had games friends were like, really, really play this. It's great. And then I get in there and I'm like, I'm not really in the mood. I drop out and feel real disappointed. Um, do you think this could be an instance of something like that where the game would have been better evaluated in neutral? Or um, um, is it just people are crazy? And <laughs> No, it's definitely some of it would have been if it was evaluated in neutral, as you said. But the other part of it was not playing on the ground floor because campaigns are campaigns. There aren't really mm-hmm. FPS campaigns where like I look back and I'm like, oh man, remember level 17? That was the shit. Yeah. It's usually uh, I was doing this in multiplayer with friends and I had a really good time and the bullshittery or kill streaks you got during those times. Right. And I, I get that. I think um to focus in on the campaign for a second, I I did replay the campaign and prep for this, you know. Uh, make sure that my opinions were fresh. And I can concede that most of the campaign, uh, and this is, this is verbatim reading what I had here, is a mostly sci-fi war shooty game. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, there's, there's moments of, um, I think, exemplary design and gameplay in there, and more than just affecting cause, which we can talk about. But... Um, between those kind of high octane intense moments, the game doesn't have a whole lot other than like corridor shooty either in a Titan or as a pilot um, in the, in the single player. And it was, it was, I think part of the reasoning for this is this is back when, I mean, we still live in this age where the single player component of a mostly multiplayer game is a mandatory inclusion but it's not where For people who don't have internet <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean people still do it people played the halo campaign people played the call of duty campaign um For people who don't have internet yeah <laughs> i so think like, more people did so i granted, i know yes. one friend in particular okay. who plays through four of the campaigns um so i won't name him so he can't be doxxed <laughs> but um and also, so I don't have to back up my claim. Easy as pie. Uh, <laughs> but I think that uh, I think multiplayer is where the focus was. Oh, for sure. Because like one of the biggest joys of playing an FPS, besides you know shooting other people on screen, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll notice everybody does it, is if you have some type of like dash or jump. Anytime I'm doing something idle in a game, whether it be Titanfall Two, Halo, Destiny kind of blank on some others. There's always kind of like an idle moving around, mm-hmm. um, dashing and jumping. And this yeah. game really facilitates that because you can slide off surfaces for momentum. 
you can wall run on stuff or wall slide. Mm -hmm. And so you're given so many mobility options that always feels like fast paced gameplay, even if you have like somewhat downtime. Yeah, I think the way they implemented it that makes it feel so good is um, the closest thing the movement feels to is actually Mirror's Edge uh, because they have acceleration uh, whenever you're doing a a mobility action. So if you slide, you move faster than if you were to run. If you wall run, you move faster than if you were to run. Um, So chaining some of those actions feels real good. It would actually kind of suck if it was the other way. It's like mm-hmm. a wall running. It's not. You're actually just wall walking. It looks really weird for everybody else. Like to contrast to a game where I think the pacing stays the same. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but to my recollection, Prince of Persia has like some of those games had wall running, but you moved at the exact same pace as your standard movement speed. So then it's just oh, I'm just traversing the environment. This is just how I get from A to B. Yeah. But Titanfall's like go and you just you know are running away from something very dangerous or jumping into the middle of all of these enemies from a high altitude they stole the um near uh like fall damage immunity from portal the long fall boots and the pilot jump kit so you don't have to worry about like falling from a great height you can just go um i think weird wooden games have to like have the giant fall and you're like and time the last jump okay yeah i didn't break my shins we're okay yeah there's there's i remember there was a sequence in the um, main story where you have to fall like it's hundreds of feet like a really crazy distance and your um titan reassures you that your kit can take the fall and that's basically the campaign's kind of just training you for multiplayer in a lot of ways um that's your like, hey, there's no fall damage because we didn't put fall damage in the game. We thought it wouldn't be fun. Yeah. I think anytime you have a degree of platforming, you shouldn't have fall damage because it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like your whole thing is to move around and get used to the movement and explore the area. But if you're always worried about falling, you're like, um, I don't want to. <laughs> no, My like, shins. <laughs> okay, they're lower down. They have to jump back up. Let that be the yeah. only punishment, you know? Yeah. I gotta say, it's it was a nice change of pace going back to the mechanics of mm-hmm. having that change in speed and pace. Mm-hmm. Something like Halo, where it was, if you weren't in a vehicle, always static. You didn't have a dash, maybe in like later Halos you did, mm-hmm. but it was just very slow and weighted, which was fine for what it was. Right. But this feels much more, again, going back to like Destiny, action oriented. Right. Where it's like, hey, you yeah. got to get behind cover. Hey, you got to go out because like, now you have to like, piece some damage on somebody. This is like your mm-hmm. DPS phase going. Or just like repositioning think... to something by mashing space bar in between shift. Yeah. <laughs> Which is your interact with the environment, run on yeah, walls jump, jump, button. Jump, jump. Yeah. And double jump, right? Double jump out the gate. No like unlock necessary for it. You don't need a scout customizable item. Like the pilot mode is designed to be obnoxiously fast. Um, pilot being out of mech. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and I was telling I was telling you about this earlier while we were playing, but I know in multiplayer, like people get ridiculously good at running around outside of their titans, and even though titans, which we haven't really talked about, but they're giant mechs, 
um, even though they're incredibly lethal, they can kill a pilot with just a punch. You just like use the punch button near a pilot and they'll die <laughs> instantly. Um, uh, pilots could be tremendously more devastating because of how fast you can be in this game, how versatile um, with some of like the tools and things like that. I know you were using the grapple uh, as a pilot for a while. Yeah. It was just another cute little layer of mobility. Cause sometimes I wanted to jump on top of like a silo and I couldn't realistically jump or slide my way up there unless mm-hmm. it was, I took my time. I was very patient at a certain spot. Uh, but usually stuff's going on. You have to shoot things. Things are trying to shoot you. So it's a nice little option to be like, I need to get up there or I need a speed boost or I need to swing a little bit around a corner. You can fuck around with the grappling hook. But yeah. That's class specific. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if I was a scout class that had that. Yeah, I think so. The way it works similar to the call of duty unlocks. So this was in particular in our like co-op gameplay frontier defense. Um, in the campaign, your only tactical option, not only tactical option, but for most of the game, it's cloak. Um, which is just similar to crisis. You go invisible for a bit, you use an action, you make an attack, you assassinate somebody and you come out of cloak. Um, and co-op, uh, the grapple I know can be used to like grab two Titans, grab the walls, all that stuff. Um, but all of your classes you start with, uh, when you are starting like a multiplayer mode are like in COD, the default classes. So it's just like, here's an assault class. Here's kind of something with an SMG. Here's something with a sniper. If you're a sniper, maybe you want cloak. And then as you level up, um, your persistent profile, you get custom classes and the ability to like modify them. So then you can just mix and match whatever you want at that point. Um, so it's always good to have too. again, comparing to like Halo where it was again, earlier days, it was just like the weapons you could get in the game. Everyone started out level playing field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't really have abilities. Right. Whereas in call of duty, like you're specifically going for, Oh, I'm going to be a running gunning with like two SMGs or yeah. maybe more of a camping sniper or something in between. And it was mm-hmm. nice to change it up for if you were feeling a given play style at that time. Right. And I think for the multiplayer for Titanfall 2, you could actually, I think you said, swap in between. Yeah. So at any point between lives, you could switch your loadout, um, which could be really useful depending on what the enemies are running. There's, um, uh, we, we mentioned some of the tacticals already. Uh, the cloak, which was like kind of just. From a game design perspective, it's nice in single player too because it's like, oh, I found myself. I was playing in normal difficulty, and I still yeah. died a couple times because you still die pretty fast if you're just in the open. But cloak is the catch-all solution to that. It's like for the mechanic of I need to run into cover and hide to regain my health. Stop and pop, definitive mechanic of shooters. Um, cloak is kind of just a get out of jail free card every like 20 seconds or something you're like i am now in cover i no longer exist the enemies will not shoot me and they forgot that i'm here <laughs> you know or something close to it um yeah it's a cheap and easy way especially if and, you're like oh you're pinned down behind a pillar you mm-hmm. can say i'm still here but you're not actually because you've moved mm-hmm. in stealth and they don't really have a way to detect you outside of vision yeah the uh the ai is much I don't think it ever tracks you while you're while you're cloaked. Oh, no. um, 
we didn't play uh, PvP to like test this out, but um, I recall that in multiplayer, uh, you can see like a visual aberration, like distortion, if a cloaked player is moving. So you can like see them relatively easily if you're a pilot. If you're in your Titan, the like visual sensors are um, less attuned or easy to tell against uh, cloaked people. So they're basically invisible. Um, so there's actually an incentive if the opposing team is using a bunch of cloak, uh, maybe you keep an eye out in pilot mode so that they're not jumping all over your Titans and stuff. Um, but uh, that was one option. Cloak was one option. Um, we talked about the grapple already. Great, mo- great mobility and movement. Um, I like stem, which is just like a quick little burst heal. And then you go real fast. It's just every time I hit the button and my head, the sonic music kicks in for a second. Um, and everything you do is just real fast. You wall run real fast. You run real fast. Um, for like a quick burst. And it's just fun. Would that be comparable to um, StarCraft impacts for Marines? It's, it's a... Pack speed? Yeah, I would, nerd, I would nerd out on one specific point. It it's, heals you instead of damaging. damaging exactly. <laughs> like You can get a campaign upgrade for STEM that makes it so it actually heals instead of damages, but it doesn't work that way in multiplayer. But it's exactly the same as the campaign upgrade. So I like that corollary. I wish I would have played around with that because I feel that my FPS skills are average enough, mm-hmm. but it's nice to have them enhanced because I have decent enough tracking for shooting things. Yeah. So just to bump that DPS is really what I would need. I don't need utility as much. I'll try and not get hit by stuff, but to be able to, when I again use the term P damage, mm-hmm. uh, the P damage on something feels really good. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily increase. It doesn't like make your gun shoot faster, Oh, it doesn't. but you, you move real fast. Yeah. yeah. It's not an overdrive uh-huh. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately there Never are, mind. there are some other cool things. Um, one is it's called a wall. It's basically a deployable, indestructible wall, and it, opponents have to shoot the base of the wall, the actual like um, device, in order to bring the wall down. But you can shoot through it, so it's kind of like a one-sided. It's Baptiste's ultimate sort of thing yeah. with a shield on it. Um, and uh, then then there is some fun ones. One was Hollow Pilot, which just sends out a decoy of yourself, basically running forward while you gain like a really short cloak. So you can just be like fake me and then run around and like perform an execution on somebody who is uh, confused, which is just like a melee kill animation. There's some cool ones, but I'm a sucker for melee kill animations. Um, yeah. I know you really like that on the Titans. Uh huh. We'll, we'll get to it in like two seconds, but question for you since you did multiplayer sure. as yeah. PVP. If you are going around and killing people in a campaign where mm-hmm. you just press F to like punch or kick somebody to death with one blow, is yeah. that the same way if you come across a pilot that's unsuspecting? Yeah. You have to hold the button for a second to perform an execution instead of just okay, moving it's not a melee just like attack. A, like a knife melee, it's a, you have to press and hold. Yeah, that's the commit to the instant kill. Okay. Otherwise, you'll just do a melee attack, which does a lot of damage, but I don't think it's a guaranteed kill. You might have to do um, two or three then. Yeah, exactly. Because um, pilots have like a little bit more health. I could be wrong, but I, that's to my recollection how it worked. Um, 
And then these two last uh, tacticals, one of them's phase shift, which is like functionally like a shorter duration cloak, but it's basically, I'm trying to think of, there's a lot of games that have a corollary like this. Um, you phase out of existence for a second. You're on like a different plane. You can't be interacted with and you can't interact with things. You can still move. And then after like a second or two, you just reappear back in the real plane. So you can use that to like dodge a rocket, dodge a Titan punch, um, dodge a Titan nuclear explosion, um, reposition. You could set a satchel charge, phase shift, detonate the satchel charge, not kill yourself because you're not on the same plane and then reappear. Um, stuff like that. Yes. Everything described when we make comparisons to other games. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like the rewind. Uh, invulnerability, but you can move wherever you can want in it. Um, but that execution, that has an execution associated with it where you um, phase shift into the person you're executing and just telefrag them. Just pff, pop. <laughs> that <laughs> of seems really strong, actually. Yeah. Because obviously, like, if you're the person who's about to be telefragged, you mm-hmm. see somebody disappear from existence, you don't know where they are, right? There's not yeah. a tell. There's no shimmer. No, you you can see like a puff of where they vanish, but you don't see them once they're shifted for like a second or two. Yeah, that's concerning. That's (laughs) real concerning. I mean, so they can't, they don't get like a speed boost or anything. So they still have to close in on you. If they were behind you, they could have just shot you and you would have died or executed you. Um, But yeah, it it does work that way. It is kind of styling on them a little bit. But usually, if you have that advantage on someone, you could have killed them anyways. Um, Did you ever do the classic like you went behind somebody who was sniping and then like you sent them a message in game like (laughs) like (laughs) so as someone who mostly played PC games, I think I missed that because for full effect, it had to be like that Xbox classic messenger thing where you're like looking up up their gamer tag, you're typing it out with an Xbox controller, uh huh, not like a plugged in fucking USB keyboard. I, I still remember that clip where it's just like a right behind you or whatever. The guy like receives the message, pauses for a second, starts to slowly turn, and then you then you kill him. <laughs> um, that's freaking crazy. I don't I don't get that much in PC. Um, also, this is for PC. It was for everything like back in the day, but we played on PC. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it feels like a strong PC game. It's a shooter, so I'm always biased. Yeah, I, I prefer on PC. Certain things can still be good on... I'd say probably Xbox. Hmm. I feel like PlayStation's never really had the best control. I mean, it's still laid out the same way with dual analog. Mm-hmm. But it's always felt better with Xbox. Yeah. Maybe as far as like I grew up with Halo and Halo 2. Mm-hmm. And just the, the feel of the controller and the weight of it. I feel like PlayStation always lended itself more for fighters. Yeah. I can understand that. I'm I'm my input's kind of useless here because like I, I was thinking about this when you mentioned Halo earlier, like and especially Halo one and like the feel in these two games. Like Halo you kinda control a little bit more like a tank, and this one you're just like super agile, running all over the place, crazy time. Um but the original Halo was well optimized and designed. The controls were designed in such a way that it was great with an Xbox controller. Like not only um, 
innovative from a gameplay design back for the time, like the overshield, um, the start of regenerating health, which although people were real pissed about it at the time, I think has overall been a much less obnoxious. Now you sons of vicious. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Then searching for health packs all the time. Um, like halo can't really be, it would be dumb to downplay halos impact on like the console shooting space and just no, in general gigantic for that whole i don't want to say birth of fps but birth of a different generation of fps yeah exactly especially um, the multiplayer aspect mm-hmm. but i feel like as technology and game society progresses in general you're going to see more fast-paced things that can be accommodated right by modern like controllers too, back in the day if that like came out people were like what is this crazy shit because I yeah. think the fastest thing back in the day would have been Unreal Tournament. Mm-hmm. That and like Quake were basically all he had. But yeah, just like arena shooters, which mm-hmm. were very much in its own space. Yeah. Yeah, Titanfall is definitely one of the faster paced ones. I have um, a relative uh, resistance to motion sickness from first person shooters. That doesn't bother me that much. There was a moment in the campaign where just the sheer um like amount of things going on and also like if the if you're standing on an uneven surface like your view tilts whereas like other first person shooters a lot of them just don't incorporate uneven services like if you're going to climb up to something you climb up to an even surface if you're on a roof it's a flat surface you know whatever or if you're on an angle your character still stands upright uh in titanfall they don't do that and so if you're running on like an angled surface, everything's tilted a little bit to the side and it can cause motion sickness. Um, I just had a pinch of it just a little bit. Is that but, something that you, I mean, outside of obviously being motion sick, is this something you appreciated from a design standpoint? I guess a little more, eh, could have done without it. I think, I think it's probably worth the sacrifice in this particular case, but that's with a caveat. Um, I think it improved the game for what they were trying to do, which is this really high octane, move fast, run on things, jump off things, be a ninja. Um, but that being said, as soon as that happened to me in the campaign, I was like, okay, here's here's a set of friends. I don't think I could recommend at least playing the campaign to because these moments could bother them a lot more than it did me. It does. It definitely limits the audience a little bit. Because, um, like, Call of Duty is really fast compared to, like, Battlefield normally. It's really fast compared to, like, Halo. And Titanfall is really fast compared to Call of Duty. <laughs> like, especially in multiplayer. In single player, a little more manageable. I mean, it, it has pacing in that sense. Yeah, because it is but the campaign. verticality. And yeah, people are jumping around, running on things. Like at least in the campaign, you're usually up against foot soldiers and like robots, which you can hack with your data knife, which is awesome. Um, well, but it's the in whole mul- thing of like you are the main character in single player. Exactly, that's the whole yeah. thing. You're- you are the main character is going to go off and do cool shit. Grunts aren't going to do anything, mm-hmm. but if you're up against other main characters. They can do the same cool shit you can. So exactly, if you can run around and jump around like a maniac. So can they. 
like all of those cool things we're talking about, like the stem to move really fast, the cloak to go invisible for a bit, the phase shift to vanish. Those all also work at like, those are multiplayer options. People can use those against you while running, while running at you, you know? So unless you're taking a long range engagement, um, fights can get really hectic in melee pretty quickly. Um, that's why I usually We're, store a grenade at my feet and uh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, satchel charge sit on it and wait to phase shift. <laughs> um, yeah, there's um, uh, some other pilot sort of uh, upgrades real quick. I just wanted to mention standard arrange- arrangement of throwables, gravity star, which is the mini graviton sort of ability, frag grenades, things like that. But then some kit optimizations once you have that customization. Um Uh, One of them makes it so you can, like, enter your Titan faster. Uh, One of them uh, makes your abilities charge a little bit quicker. Then there's things like wall hang. So you can kind of just, like, Spider-Man up on a wall and, like, point your gun and just sit there (laughs) and camp on the side of a building. (laughs) You know, like Spider-Man did. Um, Hover, which is, like, if you're in the air and you hold ADS or aim down sights, you'll, like, your jet pack on your back will, like thrust in such a way to make you stationary um which is suicide multiplayer (laughs) uh and then other things like uh, low profile um makes it harder to detect your character and it's less obvious when you're jumping on a titan takes longer for the call out to happen because usually if someone jumps on your titan it's called rodeoing (laughs) of course it is Um, it's like hey somebody's on top of you (laughs) yeah exactly Trying to pull out your batteries and such. It's it's a cool um, like balancing between like we haven't really talked that much about Titans, but between the pilot and the Titan, because um, you can just screw over a Titan if you can jump on it. It becomes a situation where they normally only have literally the ability electric smoke to get you off. If they don't have that ability, then they kind of have to deal with it or jump out and try to shoot you as a pilot. Um, then they'll do the battery rip thing. How did you feel about battery ripping in the game of Titanfall 2? It feels a little bit weird as a pilot jumping onto a giant mech. Because we were mm-hmm. doing like the frontier defense, which is like waves of enemies. Uh, and as the enemies get stronger, they're like, yeah, we'll send in big mechs. So you just yeah. jump on top, you rip out a battery and deal a significant amount of damage, which is cool. Um, but there wasn't like a specific interaction. It was like, are you high enough and above them? All right, right. You're you, now rodeoing. You magnetic to them if you touch them while you're in the air. Yeah. So you could definitely chain in between some enemies, and that felt cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I just went through a Home Depot and be, like, stealing Duracells from people. Yeah, it's very, very similar. But in that regard, again, drawing back to, like, Halo, usually mm-hmm. if you have something larger than the actual player, like a vehicle or a tank. Mm-hmm it became more susceptible to heavy, slow damage options like rocket launchers or grenades. There was right. also like a mountain kick somebody out, but that was usually you have to get very close. And in right. a slower, more paced game like Halo, it was harder to do. So usually if somebody's in a tank, you're like, I'm going to wait back here, not in tank sight for a little bit mm-hmm. until it's safer to go. Whereas in Titanfall, it was really cool to just kind of yeet haul yourself up there and then just steal a battery and then watch the yeah. health drop by like half. Yeah. 
it's it's very um it's asymmetrical gameplay where both sides can screw over the other side pretty easily. Yeah, it was never definitively like, oh, the mech wins in this or yeah. the pilot wins in this situation. For the second map, we actually had a de- defense wave that arrived before we all had our Titans and they throw out one Titan in that defense wave. And although he has the ability to like one shot players with a punch or like a gun just causes people to vaporize because they're of a caliber designed to fire against Titans, <laughs> right? Um, we would swarm this guy <laughs> like as pilots, like we're like ripping out batteries and firing our anti-Titan weapons, which is probably similar to the corollary of like a, the rocket launcher in Halo. Yeah. Um, it definitely feels like if there's two people who are coordinated against a Titan, you mm-hmm. can just chain up the battery steel and they're dead. Yeah, there's a like the balancing mechanic is I mentioned the electric smoke that goes on cooldown once you use it. So if you see that a Titan deployed electric smoke um, or, you know, they use a different ability, they don't have it in multiplayer or something and you can start the rodeo. They have to jump out of the Titan to shoot you, at which point you'll you'll you're on the Titan. So you'll know if it like leans over so they can jump out and maybe you can shoot them then and then. You've killed the man, the Titan, right? Like engagement one. You can't see the Titans, correct? You cannot. Okay. Uh, they're linked to the pilots um, as part of a um, world building design thing. They have to go under like a brain link, which is the reason that the pilots can like in the campaign do stupid stuff like stand in the open cockpit and like taunt you being like, I'm the next boss. <laughs> like... I don't like to nitpick stupid things that are it's stupid done for the sake of cinematics. Uh-huh. Whereas like just the person, the main villain is going out and taunting you openly exposed, could be shot at any point, doesn't get shot mm-hmm. because like, that's the sake of doing that. But the whole time I was thinking like, I should obvious antagonist. I have a, like mm-hmm. a mech gun, like yes. a high caliber rifle right here. And then we're just a kill person. Anything. Okay kill person weapon ready to go yeah yeah that's dumb i i don't i i get that they're doing like the boss title card sequence um but it's i'm never i'm never a fan of it really do it i think if unless you're show me a picture give me a little do 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 and get me hyped then only go through the stage and fight him later i think if you're gonna do that sort of title card sequence you gotta do it like borderlands you have to be like here's the dramatic unveiling and some text off on the side make it really obvious that this is like the fourth wall boss unveiling don't have them stand and on an unarmored perch in front of their titan while you have your like 40 millimeter like explosive artillery cannon on your arm that's dumb (laughs) don't let us go out to dinner when they're ordering dessert they whisper i'm the boss and then we start fighting like yeah it's just weird. Um, so you mentioned yeah. before the campaign, mm-hmm. the one level of effect and cause. Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. want to talk about that? Because I know we're just kind of sure. going. Yeah, we're shotgunning through this. Um, in short, uh, the it replaces. It's an you get a watch essentially that replaces your standard cloak ability, um, and it lets you fast forward or rewind to the past. Uh, and then jump back to the present like instantly. The second that you hit the interaction, there's no cooldown. Um, 
And they were like, all right, let's design a level around that mechanic. Um, and it's really cool. It's very, uh, compared to the rest of the game, it's actually puzzle-like in a lot of ways. Where it's like, they could have had a game based around this mechanic, basically. Um, it would have been different than what Titanfall 2 turned into. But uh, you could be fighting enemies in like uh, the present in this like dilapidated laboratory. And then they start to like wail on you a lot. You're really hurt. So you can flash back to the past where those enemies don't exist anymore. Reposition, heal up a little bit, let your regenerating health. Thanks, Halo. Uh, kick in. Uh, get behind them and then flash back and just like assassinate a guy, do an execution. Yeah. I, I will point out at this point, there are enemies in the past and the present. So mm-hmm. it's not like going to one is innately safe. Right. But it's mm-hmm. pretty common that if you're fighting a group of enemies here in a given time, if you switch times, it's not going to be another group of enemies at that exact same spot. Exactly. It was usually laid out. So like, oh, I have an obstacle here in this timeline. I can switch timelines, get through this door or like avoid laser wall enemies, or something. Laser walls, yeah. et cetera. So in that respect, it was really cool from a design standpoint. Mm-hmm. But what bugged me a little bit, there was a section later on where it's, I felt like a slightly overdone thing in the campaign mm-hmm. of, hey, you have to do a side-to-side wall jump. The walls are staggered. What do you do? I'm like, the same thing I've done every single level. Mm-hmm. And it would just added the layer of you had to press the interaction to shift the timeline to have those walls appear. Okay. Again, Why'd that bother you? The overall mechanic was cool, but no, it's just the side-to-side wall jumps. Mm-hmm. It felt like it got done a little bit too much. Okay. Because it yeah, would seem to be done fair. every level, possibly multiple times. Yeah. There, that particular sequence, I think, was probably... They changed the setting and like what you were jumping off and things like that. But there was, including the climax of the game, many sequences that were side-to-side wall jumps. Um, we're like, hey, we've got a mobility system. I'm like, I know you do. I've used it already. <laughs> right? Um so in that regard, it was still slightly overdone, but also really cool. Like I said, I like mm-hmm. the movement overall. There was the other level. Do you remember the name of it? Where it was kind of like dynamically building. Uh, I can't remember the name of the level. Test fighting arenas. But yeah, it's like manufactured, like a platform would come out and then they drop like couches and a mannequin, bookcases, stuff like that. And this is happening in like a factory. So the platform's moving down this massive conveyor line, like absurdly large factory. It doesn't make any sense, but it's a sci-fi world, so it's cool. And you get to uh, follow this across this factory as it's like tilting the platform and adding more things. Yeah, that felt much more dynamic, and that was probably, I'd say definitely my favorite level out of the whole campaign. It it culminates in this nice sequence where it's like taking the pre-manufactured pieces and like making kind of like Nuketown and Call of Duty or like... It's like a live combat test area. Yeah, exactly. It's like, here are some buildings. Here's where some hostages or hostiles would be. Mm-hmm. And then you get to test out combat scenarios. Yeah. It's really cool to see that like built in real time. 
I will say that level is a little bit confusing sometimes for where to go. If you don't really know that you're trying to go all the way down this conveyor, there's lots of points you can fight off and jump enemies or you're encouraged to. And um, since it is so large, uh, it's not always well telegraphed where forward is. Um, But it's a relatively rare issue, I think, in the game. Yeah. We should talk about Titans a little bit, though. Like we've we touched on the campaign. I think it's got great points. There's some points that were like I literally marked them off as high points, but I don't even want to talk about them in case people haven't done the campaign. Um, overall, it was really well received when it came out. I think going back and replaying, it's uh, uh, largely to introduce people to some of the multiplayer components. Um, but I think it's good. Just maybe not is maybe we shouldn't have overhyped it so much. Yeah, I mean that's everything in a nutshell for me though. I'm much more of a pessimist, and I, <laughs> I tend not to enjoy the same things other people do. Sometimes out of just ignorant spite. Um, <laughs> so I can be wishy washy in that regard. But as far as the Titans, I think I initially yeah. really was drawn to Ion because it mm-hmm. had like a a fast DPS rate. It had lasers, and that was pretty cool. And then you turned me on to Tone. Tone, yeah. Which was a pretty balanced mech. It had much more of like a Gauss Cannon tracker, which then once you hit an enemy, I think two or three times with your main gun, still dealt damage, but also it automatically locked on for rockets. So when you Mm -hmm. pressed your Q, it would fire rockets. But this could happen to multiple enemies as well. So you could have like three or four lock-ons and just be like, volley. Also, the Titans have fucking ults. So if you build up enough charge, yeah. in the case of Tone, it was literally like unleash all rockets. Yeah, Salvo Corey. Kind of like Pharah. But you could move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's one that literally is Pharah's. Um, I think it's North Star. Oh, where it I believe jumps it's, up. And, yeah, yeah, it flies in its core. It's a flight core. And then it just fires a ton, a ton of rockets. It's literally yeah. fair. The distinction um, there is uh, Titans cannot jump normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the space there is used for like a quick kind of dash reposition. Mm-hmm. So like let's say a pilot's jumping at you. You can be like, I'm going to reposition back, shoot him midair while he's jumping. It's also like basically just enough um, horizontal movement to... Uh, negate the lock-on of most of the lock-on missiles uh, other titans have so if you get a lock-on and they start like a salvo not like a salvo core because some of those will probably still hit but you should still dodge that because <laughs> otherwise it's death try and dodge um, projectiles in general please uh. yeah the missiles will usually like curve past you uh, with that much horizontal movement so keeping one of your charges they like recharge over time it's just like a dash um uh, if you know the opponent has missiles, can be really good. Yeah, it's just it's a nice option. It is weird not to be able to jump in the mix, though. Mm-hmm. But I feel that if you could, it would be troublesome. <laughs> there's like there's one. So the one we already mentioned. So these are different chassis that we're describing that have like different loadouts and weapons and abilities. Um, North Star has like a VTOL mode. Where not a VTOL like transform, but it like hovers uh, a bit. It's not a full jump, but it does give you some height to get over things or like peak buildings, um, which makes sense because it's the sniper. Uh, yeah, it's the sniper titan. The other um, key thing is uh, a lot of mechs have options to deploy shields, 
which yes. would put out, out in front of them. But if you're able to theoretically jump over that or get some height on it, you can overshoot the shield and hit the mech mm-hmm. behind it. Yeah, it's kind of like a like a buckler to go to like actual real world shield terminology. It's slightly larger than that. It's like a medium shield. It doesn't really cover the legs super great. Um, not too hard to shoot around unless you're right in front of it. Well, I was thinking of um, tones deployable. Oh yeah, which is more yeah. of like the pilot version. Exactly. Or you kind of like drop a thing in front of you, a little energy shield comes up, kind of ovular. Yeah. Um, you can shoot through it. The enemy can't. Helps you get the... That's one of the reasons like I love Tone. Uh, and I put most of my Titan time on to Tone is like the artillery cannon, the deployable shield. Like the kit of Tone doesn't have anything that I hate. The only thing that's like situational in that particular mode we were playing, Frontier Defense, is the sonar beacon you can kind of shoot out. I probably underutilize that, um, but it's amazing in PvP. If there's a building where there's like pilots running around doing guerrilla warfare against you, and you're like, I have no idea where these ants are. How am I supposed to kill them? Sonar beacon. Oh, he's there. He's in that building. He's about to peek this window and greet them with the 40 millimeter <laughs> artillery shot. <laughs> Again, by the way, it only takes one. Yeah. It takes one bullet to kill a pilot. <laughs> they they explode instantly. That's it's huge. Um the um Oh, I was gonna mention for the shields the different Titans have. Some of them are like um I think Ion. Ion has like the Vortex shield, which is like grab projectiles in the air, then throw them back out. It's telekinesis from Bioshock, if you're familiar with that. Um that one's pretty good. Scorch has an offensive shield. Scorch's deal is like he fires very slowly, but he does like area denial thermite stuff. His shield is a flame shield. He holds in front of him. It looks like the vortex shield, but it vaporizes projectiles on impact um, and burns whatever touches it. So if a pilot is jumping at you and you're on ion, your vortex shield's not going to help you much. They'll just like jump through it. Pilots are not projectiles as it turns out. But if you're Scorch and you hold the flame shield, they vaporize on touching that thing. Um, uh, Scorch actually has an execution where he holds the flame shield uh, against a doomed Titan and just burns through their entire chassis. He just like pushes it forward, kills the pilot, and destroys the chassis. It's amazing. That's pretty badass. Also, doomed uh, for the uninitiated is like if you get a Titan's health down enough. They go to mm-hmm. a doom state, meaning they're yep. susceptible to like an instant kill by a titan. Um, but it doesn't like their health will slowly tick down, but they yeah. have a, mm-hmm. a chance to like get batteries or other ways to like mitigate the damage and not die immediately. But it's also, much... they take a lot more damage, yeah, way mm-hmm. quicker. So if you see somebody that's doomed, you can either pop them with a couple, couple more shots, focus them down to finish them off, or go in for the execution. And then each titan has their own, probably at least two execution options. Yeah. Then the Titans usually have um, one or two. And then there was some prime ones, which were like, Hey, do you want to give us more money for a different skin? But have like a different execution animation, but it's the same name, like ion prime, whatever prime. Um, but yeah, the, the there's, there's some fun interactions with the doom state because it turns into a, um, uh, a game of chicken in a way 
Um, because while your Titan's doomed, all of your weapons still work. All of your cooldowns still work. Your core still works. And Titans, again, can one-shot players and are devastatingly offensively powerful. So as soon as you get doomed, you might not want to mash the ejection button. You could, at which point your Titan will explode when you jump out safely. But if you stick around, like you mentioned, you're susceptible to being one hit killed in an awesome kill animation uh, if another Titan gets in melee. Um, and it's very hard to recover from the Doomstate in multiplayer. It might actually be impossible in competitive, like in PvP. Yeah, I don't to... know what their drop rate is for batteries or even if they have them. Well, the batteries work like a little bit different in PvP. It only provides like a shield instead of actually repairing the Titan. Oh, yeah. Um, gotcha. So it's really hard to re- or might be impossible to repair Titans in PvP. Um, I can't believe we didn't even talk about the Titan fall itself. Oh, yeah. 56 minutes. So <laughs> in the same way that uh, Titans have their ultimate ability, like Laser Core, Salvo Core, jumping up a little bit. Wow, cool. Um, mm-hmm. Players and shooting as, rockets and shooting okay, rockets. It's okay. flight. It's not it's probably not. Hover is not the core. core. Flight is the core. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, players have a way of after they deal enough damage or over time to summon in a titan, which is the titan fall, where you pick mm-hmm. a place and after I think it's four or five seconds, the titan mm-hmm. will drop in and you can get in the titan. Yada yada. But One quick. You can drop titans on things, namely yes. players, other titans. It's awesome. It's a one hit. Yeah, it's just instantly dead. Now, is there an indicator for other players? Like, hey, so Titan's coming in here. They get a, uh, I think they get an audible um, from whoever their um, commander is on their side saying, like, enemy Titan fall inbound. Um, so you get, like, a heads up that a Titan is entering the fight somewhere oh, in the okay. battlefield. But you don't know. It's a nuclear where. launch detected. And you're like, yes. Oh, gotcha. mm-hmm. the, yeah. Search for the dot. Uh, just a quick aside on that on the if you want to kill things with your titan by default when it drops it drops and it has a deployable invincibility shield the titan can't attack while the shield's up um pilots enemy pilots will die if they try to run through the shield okay that's what happened to me previously when we were playing okay yeah i didn't know i didn't see smoke and i was like how did i die when i tried to rodeo yeah it's basically like a it's it's your safety timer so that like someone doesn't lose their titan as soon as it drops before they even get to it because you have to like run to your titan um but you can choose to get as like a side grade called warp fall which causes your titan to drop even faster i think it's twice as fast it's like in two and a half seconds or something but it won't drop with the shield if you're specifically trying to kill things by dropping your titan on them it still works uh it just doesn't drop with the shield. Um, so it can get lit or like obliterated on impact or not on impact, but right after it arrives. There's a lot of trade-off like abilities like that for you can pick for your kit. Um, I mean, it's going to be fun to have played around with for sure. Because mm-hmm. while I like standard FPS and standard ways to win in games, mm-hmm. it's really fun to experiment with the uh, Hey, but what if I was that shitty person who everybody hated, and you find like <laughs> that one interesting cheesy thing? Like for a while, um, what was the option in Call of Duty where you dropped the grenade 
on death. Martyrdom. Martyrdom. So it's very fast paced running and gunning in like a small town area. So somebody might shoot you and then like run past you to go to the, the next person to yeah. kill on the map. Uh, so that you just get a kill, they would die. And it was seen as really cheesy. Yeah, people hated that. Yeah. That, noob tubing, other things. But it'd be interesting to be like, I'm just going to call shit down and be the mortar guy. Yeah. Always at range. There's there is a lot of, um, we were talking about upgrades and things. Uh, one of the upgrades you can get is an AI chip, which just makes your, um, it takes the slot of what you could use to some, use something else to make your Titan better, but it makes your Titan better in autopilot mode. So you can choose to like, as, as soon as your Titan is fallen, as soon as it's ready for you to jump in, embark is what it's called. You can also hit a button to be like, actually just go do your thing <laughs> the shield will vanish the titan will get up and it'll start fighting on its own either defending a location or following you um and some pilots like never really jump in their titan they might use the auto chip so it's better at, like fighting other players it's never as good as if a player was in it but it can still be a deterrent because it can one-shot people um but there's so much customization around that some people are like, I had a loadout that was specialized for stealing batteries out of Titans. Because if you can get to a friendly Titan with a battery, you can put the battery in, give them a shield like we were talking about. Um, and you've shifted the the resources in this like pilot versus Titan fight. Um, you're playing support, basically. And it feels awesome. There's like, Cloak is really good for that. Um, if you want to screw people over, uh, when your Titan dies, you can get nuclear ejection, which, uh, I know I died to many times <laughs> while we were playing, uh, which is basically if your Titan's in a doom state, um, uh, when you eject, it goes nuclear, you launch crazy high into the sky. So you don't die to the nuke <laughs> and, uh, everything near your Titan dies, um, pretty much. With always panic AOE denial. Exactly, yeah. And I would eject from my nuclear titan while there was a surface above me. <laughs> so I kind of just bonk my head <laughs> and then drop right back down into the explosion and die instantly. Um, I don't know. It's tons of fun. Yeah, One I thing... Go ahead. Sorry, I know I'm I'm, I'm rambling, but I, 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 love, <laughs> I love Titanfire. But, uh, there's one titan I want to talk about that we actually hadn't played with yet, but I looked at. It was the last one released. It's called Monarch. Um, its core is you choose like a set of upgrades uh, when customizing your Titan. And each of your core unlocks gives you another one of those upgrades. Um, so rather than being like, I'm going to do a bunch of damage, your Titan just gets better as you upgrade three times. Um, and it gets things like Energy Vampire and all this other stuff. It can do supporty things. It's it's really freaking cool, and I want to play around with it. So it just gets better over time? Yeah, whenever you unlock your core. So um, when you would have had flame okay, core, so flight core, whatever. Like having a salvo core, it just overall stat boost. Yeah, you have like your standard set of Titan upgrades, which all Titans get, and then you get to pick another three um, from like uh, three different pools, like tier one, tier two, and tier three. And then every time you use your upgrade ability, once your core is complete, uh, you get another one of those unlocked. Oh, nice. 
So you just get to be better than everyone else on the battlefield, but your Titan has to be around. So this is a Titan for people to use if they really like the Titan gameplay and don't like the pilot gameplay as much. Um, I think it's, it's impressive. I'm going to circle the closing thoughts. I know at this point, but it's impressive that a game that is so fun to be in a Titan can also like have pilot gameplay. That's as compelling. That's compelling enough that like, I know Dave, Dave here was like running around as a pilot, uh, like fighting Titans and our, our defense maps. Um, when his Titan was up, like he could jump in the Titan at any time. <laughs> but it's fun. Pause, like, is anybody in the Titan? I'm like, no, I'm busy. <laughs> Running I think gun. it's just, it's a good sign of game design that both ways to play are compelling. Um, and you're not like, oh, I have my Titan. I'll always be in there. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I hate linear gameplay design for anything where it's like, hey, here's the one right way to do it. Because it then comes down to, are you this type of person or not? Because if you're not, right. the whole game's not for you. Yeah. But it's it's just good to have options. Because there were times for the wave defense where I'm like, it's easier for me to get up here, uh, fuck up a squad of mortars, then go back to my Titan, and then fight some other Titans. Yeah. Maybe if mm-hmm. my Titan's too far away, I'll get on my anti-Titan weapon and just start blasting. They might yeah, was. <laughs> just started blasting. Started blasting. Um, yeah, I never felt like I was really forced to be in one or the other. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy our frontier defense. Yeah, I would I would play it more. I'd grab people and play it again. Um, Titanfall is unfortunately like... it's. I don't think it's... 100% guaranteed we're going to get a third one. Um, I wanted to mention here at the end that uh, Titanfall 2 had kind of a belabored release because EA released uh, Battlefield 1 like seven days before Titanfall 2. And that had a massive impact on sales. Yeah, like, we're usually only getting one game a season, maybe. Mm-hmm. And like the holiday season's pretty contested, but, and sometimes you can't get around that. Um, like, but you're usually fighting games from other publishers or for other consoles or like, do I get Halo or Gears? Do I get Killzone or Gears? Do I need to like get whatever or Gears? Did you actually um, play Gears War? I have never played Gears. <laughs> I, I thoroughly do not enjoy that game. It didn't look like the type of game I would want to play, but I could be wrong. I've never played it. Um. But Titanfall I love, and I like the gameplay more than I like Battlefield's gameplay. And I like the gameplay more than I like Call of Duty's gameplay. And it's probably less addictive for me than like um, a more team-based composition game like Overwatch. But like I want the I want the series to continue, and EA is just like kneecap them. <laughs> just take 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 them out back as as EA does. Hopefully they don't make that mistake again. It was 2016. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. No, they will. Um, they're really they, they will. What they do. Yeah. Um, in, in that regard. <laughs> Friend of the show, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Not really. Something that I wish I did play uh, at, at the time. So I feel mm-hmm. like I would have enjoyed multiplayer and kind of experimenting with different play styles. Yeah. Uh, but now 
even though I said I'm average at FPS, I'm probably bad at FPS compared to people <laughs> who've been playing for these past years, especially in a game that fast-paced and dynamic. I have enough trouble with Left 4 Dead 2, where most of the zombies are running at you in a straight line. So Yeah. To be fair, the engine for Titanfall 2 is a little bit newer than like Source 2 or whatever what? Left 4 Dead was on. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. It's just definitely rushed from a PvP stand. Let's say I almost said Divinity. I keep wanting to say Divinity. Mm-hmm. Destiny. Right. When are we going to have an episode on Divinity? <laughs> oh, the first one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, every time we played Destiny, I enjoyed doing raids as a group because it's a group PvE. Whenever mm-hmm. we were in PvP, I never felt like I was styling on somebody. I always felt like somebody was just ruining my day and I was suffering through it for some achievement for like yeah. a daily or a weekly unlock. And I hated it. Mm-hmm. There was primarily chalked up to me just being bad, not the gameplay itself being bad. Well, I mean, some of these games also just take like a little, like a little bit more playtime. Like people who are playing Overwatch, you know, there are a, a large. The longer a game is out, the better the player base on average is. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. Um, so if you like do game tourism, where you're just like, hey, I'm going to play Titanfall PvP. What's this game? You know, it's going to be rough. Um, there was one mode called Attrition, which I think was one of the premier modes in Titanfall 2, which was 6v6. And it's basically, there's like grunts, the normal campaign type enemies on both sides. And they'll fight each other and they'll try to fight players. And I'm <laughs> going to put that in like massive quotes because they can kill you. But man, you have to let them. They're uh, shitty stormtroopers. Yes. And you get uh, you get points for fighting for killing the grunts. And more points for killing the players. But if your team's over there doing the PvP thing, you can be like, I'm going to wipe out their ground forces and like actually massively contribute to the team. I love modes like that. I love where people can uh, contribute in different ways. It's kind of like a MOBA where if it, it kind of it mattered more <laughs> that you kill like the actual minions, right? Um, or you got points for killing gaming. minions. Objective based gaming. I can talk about Titanfall forever, though, so I'm not going to. <laughs> Titanfall 2, episode part 2. Where I will just sit quietly and let Jake continue. <laughs> I'm a fan of the game. I hope they make more. I enjoyed what little I played of it. Definitely feel like certain parts were overhyped. But overall, yeah. definitely a positive review for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, maybe maybe it would have been better. If we would have evaluated it closer to release, uh, when we could try more of the PvP stuff out and stuff, but who knows? You know, we'll just have to look forward to Titanfall three. Yeah, we should published by and review games closer to release. <laughs> Stay tuned next week for Space Invaders. <laughs> right, <laughs> man. That's going to be the real tell of whether we've made it as a podcast. If we can have an hour long episode on Space Invaders and not like, I would just, just cheat off the wiki and steal from the wiki. Yeah, right. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Soapstone. As always, uh, you could send your feedback in if you want to do that to our Gmail at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or one could join the Facebook group 
at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast where we are happy to interact with people and like messages and heart messages um and as always we'll see you in the next one have a good day Thank <laughs> you.